tools for success. Level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs, perspective. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good, Matt. How are you doing? Good, good. So uh, today, I was just telling you before we got on here, and I think it's going to be a fun topic to discuss. We talk about our four pillars and, and truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspectives. And, and you know, recently, uh, more than ever, probably because I've been talking about this recently more than ever, I'm getting this question. All right, I understand truth. I understand meeting. I understand trade-offs. But I don't, you know, how do I gain perspective, basically? And I've gotten that question a handful of times, probably more, in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, thinking today about our conversation, I thought, why don't we talk a little bit about perspective and how does one gain, gain you know, perspective? Because it's, I don't think it's inherent. It's not something you'd actually, you know, give a whole lot of thought to. I know I didn't. And, um I thought maybe we could talk about it a little bit. Maybe people could learn something positive from it. So that's that's the idea today. I think it's awesome. I talk a lot of I talk about it a lot in the classroom or the, about perspective or the lack of it because uh, with high school kids they they just haven't experienced as much stuff as other people. So I think that's an important part of perspective. But go ahead yeah. and start us off. I will. I will. If and I think you you kind of grease the tracks are perfectly. I think. So much comes from experience, right? And that's that's great because as we get older and as we fail and as we succeed and and, and we we live and and do the things we do, we're going to gain perspective. I think you got to be very aware and cognizant. Um, you know, if you make a mistake, the only way it, it's you can compound it, I guess, is if you don't learn from it. So you gain perspective that way. But to your point, without a lot of experience, it's hard to gain perspective, right? And, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, and, and so my, my thought, you know, as I was thinking about how to explain this to people recently, I really came up with four different, or I'm sorry, three different areas that I think anyone can gain some perspective. Um, but again, I think it's important that people understand that it's, it, you're going to get more out of it when you give it a lot of thought. Um, what did that mean to me? You know, and, and uh, the first one, is what, just what we're doing right now. It's conversation, especially conversation with people that maybe you don't agree with on some certain things. You know, you gain a lot from it. And I, you know, it's it's we're in a weird time where where people, I think so much has to do with social media, but people don't want to have a conversation, right? You just want to attack them with a tweet or attack them with a, a direct message or a Facebook message or whatever it is. But you're not going to gain a lot of perspective that way. So that's that's the first one I have here. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that before we move on. I love that. I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day with a similar point of view. They're like, are you allowed to disagree with people anymore and then still be friends? And I commented, I, I think it's what people used to call adulting. <laughs> you, you yeah. know, like it's okay, you know? And the, people have lost the art to, uh, have a conversation, especially even around a family dinner table or a family reunion. Sometimes that's where it gets the worst. And, you know, whether it's the internet and being a keyboard, keyboard warrior, as they say, when you just comment on people's stuff all the time, or when it, whether it's in person, you use social media and surround yourself with other like-minded people. 
and you think a conversation goes as follows when people agree with you. And we've lost the skill as a society, I feel, the perspective to converse and think it's still okay. It, it, no, it's crazy. And, and I, I've, you know, when I go, go out, uh, my, my wife and I were just got back from traveling or, you know, uh, and we go to restaurants or we go to a bar or whatever we do. And, and I, I'm one of those people. I love sitting down next to someone I've never met and having a conversation. And, you know, my intent in that conversation is never, well, I'm about to tell this person what's right and what's wrong and how things work. It's always, I, I'd like, I, I'd like to learn. So I used to work for a company where I traveled all over the country quite a bit. I may have, I, I may have mentioned this, but I did a lot of that because I was alone and I gained so much from it because those conversations opened my eyes to things that I never thought before. And, and I never took them as a battle. I always took them as a, you know, I, and I think this is new. It is for me anyway, this idea that I'm trying to win an argument with everyone versus I'm trying to have a conversation that I certainly hope you benefit from. But frankly, I'm, I'm trying to benefit from it. Now, certain things I, I think I know a lot about, and then there's a lot I don't know much about at all. And whatever mix, you know, whatever point of the spectrum it falls in in there, I like to have that conversation. And I had a handful just in our recent trip here the last few days. None of them got uh, crazy. All of them were very adulty, as you would, would put it. So it's it, it's given me a little hope, Paul, because so, so often I see, you know, the whether it's the, the social media stuff or or just hearing stories from people about how these conversations can go awry. Hey, Matt, we just got cut off a minute ago, and you were right in the middle of talking about conversations going awry. Yeah, which is ironic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, I was, but uh, I think I think what, what you lost or what lost in that conversation was I found that when I'm out there talking to people, and I like to talk about what I consider interesting things, whether it's politics, whether it's economics, you know, not just those things like, you know, who won the football game, which I love those conversations too. But, you know, I found more and more that people are, are pretty good to talk to. And, and even if, even if we disagree and, um, and I've, I guess my hope is that there's more of that out there than what I hear about and read about and some of those kinds of things. So, um, you know, that the, the conversations I'm having and have, and I look for them, I truly do, because I enjoy it. I found more often than not, almost exclusively, and of course it's how you approach it, you, I'm finding they're, they're easier to have than, than I would have otherwise thought. But I love having them because so often, and I do it with my, my older brother. I think I've mentioned like that. I talk to my sister-in-law a lot. She and I, although we agree on a lot, we like to discuss certain things that are often controversial. She's a teacher. And um, I find I learn so much. And, and even topics that I consider myself very knowledgeable about, I often go, huh, hadn't thought about that. So conversation is huge. Yeah, you know, every time I meet somebody, I try to, do two things. And I, this is just what you were getting at. I, I try to learn something from them, even if I don't understand it. And then I try to listen more than I talk. And that's been a recent development within the last six months. 
and I find I don't judge. I'm just, you're an open book. Talk to me. I'm going to see what I can learn. Maybe I implement it. Maybe I change my mind. Maybe I don't. I mean, nothing happens to me if I change my mind. Right. Uh, I, I don't, my wisdom teeth don't grow back. You know, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, I don't ask what political philosophies they go by. I just listen. And no matter what they're telling me, I develop an understanding for them and I don't judge. And I just think it's so much better that way. We've lost that art. Yeah, you said something really interesting there that I try to do too, that I, I, I can struggle with, but it's important. And the older I've gotten, the better I've gotten at it. To listen more than you talk and, and listen actively, not listen with that, oh, I can't wait to hit them with this knowledge next or, or, or wait, till, you know, wait till I tell them you know, this. And the whole time, all you're doing is waiting for them to finish so you get your punchline in. I have gotten much better about that as well. And I think it's come with age. And I think it's come with perspective. And I think it's come with confidence and believing in kind of who I am and knowing who I am. But what, what do you, how, that is a tough thing for people. I, I learned when I was younger, I didn't always implement it till a little while ago, but I, I was an avid golfer, of course, played in college and afterwards. And everybody sits around afterwards and tells golf stories. What'd you shoot? Oh, 75, but I missed a putt on the last hole and I hit a tree and a bird hit my ball on that hole and they tell their whole story. And they, the next person isn't even really listening. They're just waiting for a breath so they can tell why they shot what they shot. And one day I tried it as an experiment. People say, hey, Paul, what'd you shoot? I go, ah, 76. Well, what happened? I go, well, I missed the putt for 75. And that's, <laughs> that's all I said. And they're like, well, well, what else happened? I said, well, a lot of stuff happened. It's 18 holes. You don't care about it. And then we start talking about other stuff. And people get so excited to plan their response. They don't, they don't even think about what the person's saying to them. I've had people repeat the end of my sentence, getting ready. It's like a primer. It's like catching the baton on a relay race. They're, they're, they're running and they've got a hold of the baton and they're finishing my conversation so they can just go full board. That's, That's a conversation. Great analogy. <laughs> I love that. So. It's true. It's true though. And it's, we all do it. We're all probably bad at it. I like you have tried to get better at it too, but, um, I've, I learn a lot that by, by doing this and I think a lot of people can too. So that said, the second thing that, um, I was going to mention for perspective and it actually kind of piggybacks a little bit. The first one is, is travel. Um, traveling is just so important in terms of one, I, I mentioned before, I I used to meet and I, I met, wonderful people. I was just in Pittsburgh and Austin these last couple, well, hand, handful of days or whatever. And I met all sorts of interesting, unique people that I got a chance to talk to and, and gain some perspective from just through conversation and being human beings. But also what I see in the cities, what I get out of the culture, whether it's it's the people I talk to, the food I eat, the, 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 the entertainment they like, the way they do things. And, and they're all, I mean, they're very different. Pittsburgh is very different from Austin. And those are just two places I just happened to be the last five days or so. So travel, and I, you know, I travel all over the country. I travel all over the world. And it has single, I would say the most, but it's not the most. It's the second biggest thing I've ever done that's impacted my life and changed it for the better. That's awesome. Uh, you know, we're lucky being in, 
in upstate New York, we can take a quick ride to one of our lakes and go to one of the breweries or wineries and the world almost comes to us, doesn't it? It does. And we're probably those people that the other people <laughs> traveling can't wait to talk to, you know, the locals. So yeah. it, the shoe fits both ways. You just have to be open to it. Yeah, for sure. We are lucky because we have people, as you know, where we live, the Finger Lakes region, they travel from all over the world. It's a huge tourism area. And, and if you like to, to go around to the breweries, wineries, restaurants like you and I both do, it's a great opportunity to, to run into people and, and talk to them and hear about their stories and, and just different perspective. Again, again, it's exposing, you know, we're coming to a common theme here. It's exposing yourself to different things, different people, Again, different, you know, different ways of life. I mean, you could take the people out of it. The difference between Pittsburgh and the difference between Austin is just the food, the layout, the, 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 probably even the politics to some degree, although I didn't get into it, um, are just very, you know, very different. And that for me, especially when I travel abroad, it just, it just makes me look at things uh, differently. And I'll tell you, it makes me look at things more humanitarian in a more humanitarian way. I, I, I have a very, uh, I'm very much like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get after it, work hard, and that'll solve all your problems. And although I, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. There's also not a lot of truth to that in some ways. You know what I mean? That's like, we don't all start on the same base, if you will. And, and um, I learn a lot from traveling and, and seeing how other people live and some of the things, their advantages they have and disadvantages they have. It goes both ways. And, you know, in, in particularly um, uh, bigger cities, or like I said, um, when I travel abroad, because it just opens my eyes to, to things and I, I end up coming back and going, huh, maybe this is a little different than I than I think about it in my own little bubble. Gets me out of my little bubble, right? And exposes me to things that I otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. And that has done the second, been the second most important thing to change how I look at life. And the bubbles can come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, you're you obviously do a lot with the students in my program, but they come from all the area high schools within several counties. And by the end of the, they, 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 they have barriers based on what district or school they're from. And it's something as silly as sports rivalries. But by the end of the year, they realize because of this travel every day and in my classroom, they're the same type of student and they almost start hanging out with each other more than the people from their regular high school. And that's kind of what you do, whether it's Pittsburgh or Austin or whether it's us going to the wineries or us traveling another country, your bubble's your bubble. You have to start by getting outside of it, period. No, that's a great point. And, and that will open your eyes to opportunities. It'll open your eyes. It'll also open your eyes to, you know, again, I think, I was reading a book recently and I, I just sitting here trying to think who wrote it and what it was, but it was touching a little bit on, you know, how and it was, it was somewhat historical. So it was going back and how I, it was touching on race and, and some of the, the, you know, the challenges with race relations over the years and those kinds of things. And it was talking about your exposure to people and you, you, you nailed it with your, just even your, your different school uh, districts. Um, um, 
or towns, if you will, and the rivalries. Once you bring these people together, all of a sudden you're not so different, you know, whether it's uh, uh, the color of your skin or the color of your eyes or the size of your feet or whatever nonsense is. It's all nonsense, in my opinion. You get people together, they realize, I got a lot more in common with people than not. And you put them in the same room together, especially in your, yours, yours is a perfect example. All of a sudden, these things that feel big, all of a sudden, you realize how small they are. And we're all so similar. And we're so alike. We all want to succeed and have our families succeed and live in safe communities and have all these things that we all agree on. And if you get out your side, your bubble, you'll see that, gosh, we're, we're a lot alike no matter where we go. And uh, that's powerful. I think it's awesome. So I can't wait to hear what number three is. Cause again, we, we didn't discuss this ahead of time at, at all. Number three is actually number one in terms of the thing that's had the most impact on my life in terms of perspective. And it's almost like travel, but it's in warp speed and you can go anywhere in the world at any time forward or backwards. And it's called reading and picking up a book and reading a book has done more to change my perspective and probably every human being out there who, who reads than anything else. And again, I whether it's, I mean, um, my book right now, I'm reading a book here called uh, 1776. It's on, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if you've read that one or not. I just happen to have it next to me. You're talking uh, my I, language. I read that years ago. I'm finally ahead of you on something. Did you? Did you I picked it up. It was like on sale and on my way out of the bookstore. I'm like, oh, cool. Because I love history. Boom, I picked that up. Um, I just finished an economics book that you and I have been talking about that we made, that you're going to read. You're reading a book, um, Phil Knight's uh, Shoe Dog, that I'm going to read. The perspective you gain from reading is unmatched. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll wait till the end. I, I reorganize these after you said it. I want to see if you agree with me, but... The reading, I, I told you, I always struggled finding time to read because, you know, whether I'm actually busy and productive or just busy, sometimes that's part of teaching and coaching or anybody's livelihood, right? But I, I told the viewers yeah. last week, I, I discovered Audible and I'm, I'm banging off two books a week now easily. And it's really opened my eyes. I mean, I've always been a pretty well-read person just being an educator, but the warp speed I can read at now well, well, listen, read. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, it's been so much fun and it's opened my eyes to get uh, book ideas from you or anybody I come in contact with, whether it's Twitter. I'll, I'll even ask people, what are you reading now? And my students will look at me like I've got a, a second head, but other people give me suggestions. So I 100% agree with this. Yeah, it's it is it is uh, the biggest thing in terms of opening your eyes, uh, providing you perspective. You can look. You you may have no means at all. You know what I mean. You may be you may be very you know like I was at one point in my life. I had, I didn't have two extra nickels to rub together. I, I just didn't. But I did have a library. You know, I could go to a library and get reading material for free. And now, as long as you have an internet connection. You can, you can get all sorts of things to read or YouTube videos to watch or whatever, all for no cost at all. At all. And you can open the world to yourself. Um, and if you do that, you're going to gain a perspective that, you know, you could, you could have all the 
degrees in the world. In fact, I've you know talked to plenty of people who are medical doctors or this or that, but and they're experts in that field. And don't get me wrong, I have all the respect in the world for that. But you want to talk about economics, or you want to talk about um, history, you know, or the Civil War, or or you want to talk about teaching, you know, the the latest greatest in, in teaching. They they might they have may not have any clue, but you can you can open your eyes to all of that information with the internet, with a library card, with whatever your whatever means you have to get it. And there's nothing you can do that better better for yourself than than read or or listen to the books. You know, it's the same thing. Um, in my there's nothing better. So we almost could say, I, I mean, I reading we can stick with that, but it's almost basically just consume information. Yeah, yeah. Consume information. Consume. You can consume bad information too, right. though, right? Right. You know. You know, one of my one of my favorites, Joe Rogan, is is uh, who I did not see in Austin, unfortunately. Um, he he has said this on his podcast before m- many times, and he's right. And I don't even think it was him who originally said it, but one of his guests had said, "What you put in your mind, or you know, what you're reading, what you're listening to, it's your diet, right? It's your mental diet. You know, you're you're not going to eat cheeseburgers." with uh, extra fries and, and um, sodas three meals a day for 30 years and not have consequences, right? You wouldn't do that. It's, it's not healthy for you. You certainly want to make sure when you're putting things, consuming information, as you put it, you're doing it in a way that's healthy for your mind. So be aware of what you're putting there and also read things you don't necessarily agree with. Uh, go, hey, look, maybe I'm a very big proponent of this government policy, whatever it is. Well, look at the other side of it and look at it with an open mind or, or whatever, whatever the topic might be, because it's only going to make you a, a more a smarter person, a, a person who, who can, can defend your ideas um, and, and someone who can talk and, and carry on conversations and have good relationships and um, I just think it's I, it's it's the number one most important thing, though, is a reneed. But like you said, what we're talking about here is consuming information from many sources in order to provide yourself perspective. I love that. And I was looking for a tweet while you're talking, but I still was listening. OK, uh, so there's, <laughs> there's an author I follow now that you're new to Twitter. There's an author I follow called Zero Dean, and he just quoted. The other day, if you treat your mind like a trash can, don't be surprised when you reach for a thought and all you get is garbage. There you go. That's a that's a good way to say what Joe Rogan was saying, right? It's perfect. That might be your first retweet, you know. I might. I might. <laughs> what did you say his name was? Zero Dean. Dean. Okay. And, and well, Matt's new to Twitter because uh, I'm explaining to him everybody that there's there's a side of it that that you can get a timeline going with the information that you want to pursue and learn from. Well, this, well, this is perfect, right? This is exactly what we're talking about. I used to be on Twitter. Why did I get off Twitter? Cause I, cause I hated all the garbage. It was nothing but politics and arguments and, you know, a bunch of stuff that I did not want to consume in that fashion and what have it just dumped into my, into my mind constantly what i want are people like zero dean here 
who are who who are inspiring, who are going to uh, give me something to to make myself a better human being. Even even you, of course. So those are the people I want to follow. So this is exactly right. I don't want to fill my mind with garbage. I want to fill it with productive, helpful things. And that's my intent now with Twitter, which you've promised to make come true. Well, and I'm excited because when we promote this every week before the, the episodes launch, I get to include you in the tweet now. I'm so excited. I haven't slept for days <laughs> for different well, reasons. Now you can sleep. Hey, so a big part of perspective then as we conclude is, is being open-minded. Is that, is that part one? I, I want to get to a part two, but perspective is about being open-minded. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely open-minded. And then the second part, which we, I first heard you tell my students earlier in the year that I believe in, it's you have to be able to compare something to something. And how do you do that? Here's the order of your three things. I think you read, okay, or consume, consume the information that helps you in your thought process, any media form you want. Then you listen and then you meet other people and learn. So you're basically reading and then you're having a conversation and you do that through traveling. Very well said. You know, listen, I'm just an organizer. You're the guy with the master thoughts. I'm just the <laughs> organizer. But, uh, you know, we agreed today to do this because that's when we have conversations with people, perspective is what always comes up. It, 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 it is. The others? It, it, no, it is absolutely. And I'd never sat down and thought well how does one gain perspectives you know I, I hadn't just talking to people and having them go well tell me about perspective how do I know if I have and I thought oh well let me think you know let me think about it I'm not sure I know the answer to that so I had so I had to think about it and I had to had to discuss it I have to like you know I do this with so many things in my life I I don't know anything until I've verbalized it until I've gotten it out and then I've gone Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me now because I've talked about it. Or, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm thinking of that right. But I have to talk it out, or else, it, or else it's all mush up there. So, so I'm gonna end with this. I'm gonna ask you a question. So, what if in trying to find all this perspective, what if you're wrong? Is there such a thing? Oh yeah. I mean, if you're wrong, I, I find myself to be wrong a lot. I think we're all wrong a lot, and that's that's half the fun. I think like. You were kind of saying earlier, I don't go into anything or that often into anything, I'm sure I do, where I go, well, I'm, I'm, this is my idea and this is who I am. This is my identity, right? I mean, there's always times where you can go, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm, that economics books I just finished, there were a couple things where I went, man, I, I really would have said an hour ago that I really believe this to be true, but now I'm not really sure if that's true. I think being wrong is part of the journey. It's part of the fun. And I have a right to be wrong. So do you. So does everyone else. Now that said, I also have a responsibility to pursue the truth. So it's okay to be wrong, but you better do it in pursuit of the truth. You don't, you don't get to be intellectually dishonest in my book. You don't get away with that. It's like the only negative argument I can think of that I've had in the last year I was having a wonderful conversation with a person out and about and she it turned into a different topic and and she was as I told her you're being intellectually dishonest that's just not true and I I, I can prove it to you right here via history and her her intent was in my opinion was to win the argument 
And whereas my intent was to have an interesting conversation to learn about. So being wrong is fine. I'm wrong a lot. Just ask my wife. But <laughs> intellectual dishonesty for the sake of winning an argument is a different topic. So I had to had to throw that in there. But you're going to be wrong. It's part of the, it's part of the part of the journey, right? You're going to miss a putt. Maybe you're you're not going to miss as many as I do. But you're going to miss a putt, and you're going to be wrong. The important part is to not be dishonest about either one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, Matt, it was great. And everybody, we just discussed perspective in a nutshell. Yep. Till next time, Matt. All right. Thanks. That was fun. Yep. Bye.